friends, and welcome to There's No People Like Show People, the podcast that connects and reconnects the theater community, inspires hope, and strives to help people not feel so alone. I am your host, Sarah Philibon. Before we hear from our next guest, I wanted to take a moment to talk about one of my favorite theaters in the whole wide world, and it is the Little Theater on the Square, which is in Sullivan, Illinois. Now, the Little Theater opened its doors, I hear, in 1957, which is, oh, I'm terrible at math, (laughs) over 60-some years ago, and they have been producing all different kinds of shows since then. I first came to the Little Theater in 2016 as an actor. I was here for the full summer season, and uh, usually in a summer season, they do about nine shows, and I performed in eight out of the nine shows, which, looking back, I think, how did I do that? And, you know, I thought, well, it was just my job, and uh, that's what I did. And I loved it so much that I came back for a second summer season in 2017 and did a whole bunch of shows that summer. And then in 2018, I became the director of education here. Uh, I love my job so, 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 so much. I could put like another hundred so's after that. I love working with kids. I teach acting and dance classes. I also direct and choreograph the Theater for Young Audience shows. We do two junior shows usually a year, one in the fall and then another one in the spring, where I would say we have anywhere between 25 to 50 kids audition for these shows, and then we cast the show. We rehearse every weekend for about two months, I would say. We have tech week, we put up the show, and then we have public performances. And we also have school performances where uh, we bus kids in from I'm pretty, elementary, middle school, high school in to see the show. And all of those shows completely sell out. They're so exciting. The kids love it so much. The first show that I directed was Susicle Jr., which that is actually one of my most favorite shows that I've ever worked on in my theatrical career. And then that was in 2018. And then in 2019, I directed and choreographed Frozen Jr. And in and then this year, 2020, I directed and choreographed Junie B. Jones Jr., which unfortunately We never got to perform that show because of the pandemic and uh, the theater closing. Uh, I think, you know, looking back over my theatrical career here at the Little Theater, I, between directing, choreographing, or performing, I think I've been involved in about 30 productions over the past four, four or five years now, which is crazy to me, which is, it's also amazing. Um, I was also involved a lot in the summer. We do three TYAs uh, over the summer as well. And sometimes those have kids in them. Sometimes they have adults. Sometimes it's sort of a mixture of the adult company and kids, depending on what the show is. But I, you know, it's really, I love it. I've taught, I taught uh, dance classes when I was in high school. Then I, then I went to college and also taught classes at like a neighboring dance studio when I was in college. And then I started teaching more full time just within the past couple of years. And it really made me realize 
how much I love teaching. I really do. I love it so much. I love, I feel so normal whenever I am in a dance studio or a rehearsal space, whenever I'm working on a show. And sometimes you're teaching, you know, sort of like these life lessons or, or whether it's a, a dance routine or, or blocking or whatever it is to these kids, you know, that, that you learned 20, 30 years ago. And it's, it just kind of brings it back full circle. So, um, yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of what, what I do. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the little theater has been closed since March, which is, uh, it's, we're going on almost a year now. And, um, I just, every day I, I think I, I just want to go back to work. You know, I miss my job. I miss my kids. I always tell the kids if you, you know, if you ever have me as a teacher, like I am your teacher for life. You are my kid for life. <laughs> I feel like I have 50 kids and you know, they can come to me for anything, for anything in the whole wide world and I will be there for them. So this is sort of my next segue into our next guest here on There's No People Like Show People, which is one of my students someone who is such a hard worker and always comes to class and rehearsal so prepared, uh, makes big, bold, wonderful choices in both in the rehearsal space and on stage. She's been doing theater for so long now. Uh, so I feel like I could call her a veteran of, of the stage. And uh, I would also consider a really good friend. So welcome, Miss Izzy Miller. Thank you so much for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Oh, uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. How are you? I'm pretty good, you know, um, living my best high school life, you know, just getting through it. <laughs> yes. Well, t uh, tell our, our audience, you know, where you're from, how old you are, how you got into theater. Tell us your theatrical journey. Oh, what a story. <laughs> so um, I'm Izzy Miller, and I am 16 years old. I am a junior in high school, um, and I started out being a performer at a very young age. I remember when I was just a few years old, I would dance around my house, and I would turn music on on the TV. I'd just start singing. I had a karaoke machine. I'd make up little dances and perform them for my parents. Like, oh, guys, look what I did. You know, I made this dance up, and I'd be so proud of it. And um, I went into kindergarten and, you know, uh, just, you know, new to school, you know, just trying to figure things out. And my kindergarten teacher, she knew my parents personally because they worked within the school district as well. And she went up to him one day. She goes, you know, I really think that Izzy should be putting in, put in some acting classes. And they're like, what? <laughs> they had, they didn't even like think of that as a possibility because, you know, they, my parents, they did not do theater when they were younger. That is definitely not something that they ever did. They didn't have any experience in that. Not musically talented, talented people. So this is like way out of the norm. And I actually asked her why she saw that in me when I was in kindergarten, because, you know, you just don't tell somebody, you know, your kid looks like that she should be an actor, you know, but she <laughs> saw a creative energy in me throughout school, you know, being in the classroom and trying to figure things out. She just saw that I needed an outlet to produce that creative energy and put it somewhere. And her daughter was a dancer when she was younger as well. So younger as well. So she saw a little bit of um, me that she had as well. And she's never really suggested that to any of her, you know, students, students, um, parents. So she was like, she really saw something in me and I'm really grateful she did. So that was kind of my start. So then I started, um, 
they have Broadway boot camp here at the theater every summer. They mm-hmm. have in the past. Is that the first show that you did? Uh, that was not, we, that wasn't really a show. That was just a summer camp that yeah. I did. And I was too young the first year. And so I went the second year and we just did a little showcase and everything. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I did it again. And that's when John Stevens, my parents, they, I was in a little interview for the news when we did the Broadway boot camp. And then the spring came around and my parents were like, all right, you want to try this? Like audition for a show. The Little Mermaid Junior was my first show and I had no idea what I was coming into, but I was very excited. <laughs> so who, who were you in The Little Mermaid? I was a seagull, a sailor, and a chef. And I was the most excited to be in the ensemble, to be in a show. Like, we wanted to start off simple. We didn't even know what an ensemble was. We didn't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was so much fun. And how old were you? I was nine years old. I'm, I think I was in third grade. So, I mean... Pretty young, but I, that was the show I met some really amazing people that are still my theater family now. Oh, yeah. Well, and for those of you who don't know, I know you talked about Broadway Boot Camp a lot. That is a theater camp that mm-hmm. we have here every every summer, and it's about a week long. It's during the day for a couple of hours. You learn a bunch of music. You learn a bunch of choreography, and then at the end of the week, you put on, I'd say, like a 25 to 30 minute, like, like a review show mm-hmm. of songs. Yeah, and it's so much fun because you meet so many people in that small amount of time. And I lived in Pena at the time, so we're driving almost an hour every day to come to this Broadway boot camp, but it's because I loved it so much. My parents saw this as something that meant a lot to me. And it's kind of crazy looking back on videos because I did not know those people during that time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've known these people for years now. And they're like my best friends in the theater. I'm like, look how little we were. We didn't even know each other. Yeah. And (laughs) and now you're you're BFFs. Yes, always (laughs) BFFs. (laughs) Well, and we actually met in 2016. Yes. Which was my first summer here. And I'm pretty sure the first show that we did together was How I Became a Pirate. Oh my gosh. I loved that show. (laughs) Well, you played the star. Yes. Well, I... Actually, the funny thing is, is it was supposed to be a guy that was supposed mm-hmm. to play the star. Well, we changed the name to, instead of Jeremy Jacob, I was Julia Jacob. Yes. And you were a French pirate. <laughs> a male French pirate, I should add. I sure was. <laughs> I sure was. What a time. What a time, truly. And I, that's crazy to think about because that was f- like four and a half years ago now. But it, Oh my gosh. It feels like so much longer than that. That was crazy. I think I would have been, that was 2016 you said, so mm-hmm. four years ago. I would have been 12. Yeah. And that was, that was not my first, um, my first main role that I had, but that was, it's, it's a little bit intimidating walking into a room because it means Zach... Uh, and a couple other my high school friends I've done theater with were there. Mm-hmm. But Zach and I weren't as close then because Zach's one of my best friends. And we've gotten really close through theater, but I wasn't really close with a lot of them. So it's really intimidating walking into a room as a main character. The story revolves around you. You don't leave the stage and you have all these adults you're yeah, working with. but I remember you came to rehearsal like off book. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we, you know, here we are, the professional company. But we were also doing like two other shows at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're like, we don't know our lines yet. But the the twelve year old in the show, she she knows all of her lines and all of, and all of her music. I mean, like I remember my first impression of you is like she is so professional. Oh. <laughs> well, that's something I always wanted to do. Like 
every time I had, you know, this role, I had lines to memorize, I would always mm -hmm. make an effort to come in prepared because I knew it would make it easier for everybody else in the room. It'd make mm -hmm. it easier for me. I hate carrying around a binder while I'm trying to write in blocking. Mm -hmm. I can write in blocking later, you know, you know, remember it, write it in later. But yeah, I, that's like something that I've always been used to is, you know, learning it, being in the moment, then writing it down later. That's, that's yeah. really important to me. But I even remember during that show, Nick Carroll, mm -hmm. he was, um, Captain Braidbeard, I think it was. I, yeah, he was like the captain of the of <laughs> yeah. the pirates. And we were like, you know, best buddies um, in that show, on stage and off stage. I love Nick. And I remember him coming up to me one day and he's like, can we have a separate rehearsal where you come in? Because you know your lines so well and I don't even know my lines. And he was like, you could just <laughs> tell he just felt that. I'm like, Nick, I don't, I mean, I just, I had all summer to memorize these lines. I'm just coming in, you know, to do right, the show. Right, to do one so, show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, and then what was the next show that we did together? Was it Susical? I think it was. And you yeah. said Susical is one of your favorites. Susical will forever be one of my favorites. And I played Maisie LaBird. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that that role was so out of the norm for me. Like, mm -hmm. I was casted as that role. That's the role that I that I went and I wanted I auditioned for. That's what I really wanted. But I just I knew that it wasn't necessarily a role that I'd kind of played before. It was more out of mm -hmm. my comfort zone. And I just remember being so grateful to be able to branch out. And you were so supportive of me and, like, had so much faith in me to make this role the best that I could. And I just love that you had so much faith in me and wanted to watch me grow and challenge me in different ways. Because I really think I grew during that show. So. Oh, I, I, I know you did. <laughs> well, because I watched you grow, you mm -hmm. know, from the beginning of those rehearsals to the you know the final performance mm -hmm. I sort of I watched this transformation yeah you were always adding ideas I was like oh I love that even think about that and I just it was just just such a different world I wasn't used to I was like oh I have to be this sassy selfish bird that you know just flies <laughs> off and does whatever she wants it was definitely a diva track for me so it yeah. was not, not something I was used to <laughs> well and I remember I choreographed your number mm -hmm. um oh, the best day of that Oh, amazing, yes. amazing. <laughs> well, and it was we had five bird girls instead of usually there's only three, but we had mm -hmm. five. And man, those bird girls, I really I made them work really hard. I was oh. I was I was really hard on them. They were always in a diagonal line. They were all, they were always standing in a bevel with like <laughs> with like a flexed penguin hand. And if any of them like dropped or weren't in a bevel or like had a lazy penguin, I'm like bird girl number four. I see you. <laughs> I, I remember that you're being lazy. <laughs> like there are no lazy bird girls in this production of Susan. I remember wearing character shoes for the first time in that show. I'd never had to wear them before. And I was so excited to wear character shoes. I was so excited to bevel, like, dreams come true. Yes, dreams came true in Susical the Musical. Yes. Well, and also at the end of your number, I had this idea. So now, you know, age range, I'd say it was like age nine up to age 18. Mm -hmm. um, the kid, we had 40 kids in this show. And the Burr girls, I'm pretty sure, were like, middle school and high school ages. Yeah, I and think most of them were around my age or yeah, a little bit younger. Yeah, and I had this idea. I'm like, okay, girls, we're in rehearsal. I'm like, I want to try, <laughs> I want to try something. <laughs> I want to try if the five of you can stand shoulder to shoulder and hold your, and if you can carry Maisie off the stage as she sings her final note. And that note was a long one. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I'm, and I'm like, I think we can do it. If anyone feels like uncomfortable or unsafe, we don't have to do it. But I think mm -hmm. we can at least try to do it. And wouldn't you know, we did it. We did it like within one of the first tries, I think. Because it wasn't like a struggle. I remember like, the first time we all kind of giggled, ha ha ha. And then we like did it again. We're like, oh, 
that that worked. Yeah. <laughs> like and and like you know without fail every single rehearsal and every single performance mm-hmm. there were those five middle school high school girls carrying you off the stage. Yes, and it's kind of it makes you think like how much trust you have to have in people in order to do theater and mm-hmm. just knowing that we're a bunch of high school middle school kids that just have that much trust in each other is just so amazing and just like those little things but oh that was the best like exit I've ever done yeah <laughs> the most dramatic <laughs> well it was great you know mm-hmm. it was really great then we we did Annie together yes and we were the, my mom and Annie uh, yes oh my goodness. Put, well that's actually one of my favorite theater memories mm-hmm. was being your mom in NYC yes and it was you me and Grace right mm-hmm. Grace Lynch and we yes. just kind of like walked around you know the city and did some choreo and we held hands and... that blonde wig <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was cute. <laughs> it was. I oh, I was so excited to be in that number because Grace and I, you know, we weren't like the high schoolers yet, but I, I've always wanted to be, you know, the big kid that's in like, you know, the big number. And mm. I was so excited to know that I was in the NYC number. And then you were my mom. We'd always hold hands before we went on stage. Yeah, oh. it was it was my favorite um, part, I think, of the whole, of that whole show. Oh, yeah. It, it was, was a beautiful show, too. It was like right before we went on stage and we'd like hold hands yes. like backstage. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. And like, you know, I just had to put on that wig for that. One short time, and I'd run off stage and have to change back into an orphan. Mm-hmm. But, oh, that was so fun. Yeah. Oh, and then we did um, Frozen Junior mm-hmm. together, and you played Princess Anna. <laughs> yes, that's one of my favorite. Oh, I loved that show. And I was so bummed we couldn't do it this summer. I know. Because I, oh, I just, that role just has a special place in my heart right now. Because I can relate so well to Anna just because of how oblivious she is about life at mm-hmm. first. And how many how many trials she goes through within that short amount of time, like how much she learns. And I just, I can really relate to her on that. Cause I, you know, I'm very, I was younger. I was very oblivious, you know, just saw good in everybody's heart, which I still do. But you know, you just go through some things and you kind of get tougher and you learn. And I just, oh man, I love that role. (laughs) Well, she, you know, Anna, she's such a positive person. She is. And so are you. That's what I strive to be. That's, (laughs) I try to be the positive person in people's lives. I like to bring people up and Anna's, very much like, oh, always excited about stuff and always trying, you know, to create bonds with people and mm-hmm. just her strength throughout the whole show. Oh, that was, I love all of her songs. Oh, oh I know. She's such a strong character mm-hmm. and very brave. A very great cast he had for that show, too. Yeah. And yeah. I loved working with Nick Wilson. We've, it's so weird. Nick and I are always like the two people, like if we, there's a role, a main role and a guy role, like for some reason, anytime that we are a main role, we're always together. Like you, she, you play opposite each other. We do. We do yeah. all the time. And it's. It's crazy, but it's so it's so fun because you had that bond with that person now, so it makes mm-hmm. it easier to continue with that role. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then now this brings us up into 2020, mm-hmm. which is you know the year the year <laughs> of the pandemic all and the great things. You yeah, know? yeah, all, the year of all the great things. 2020. Mm-hmm. How um, how has your pandemic experience been? You know, I'm really grateful that it hasn't been terrible. I mean, I have gone through some points during quarantine that I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> because first of all, I had so many plans in March when we got yeah. shut down. I remember coming, we were, I was working on Adam's family and my mm-hmm. school production. I never thought I would ever do a school production in my entire life because my whole time I've been working at the little theater on the square. I've been doing that since 2013. And so but I, we have a pretty good program, like a really great program actually at our school where yeah. you have, you know, very talented kids. And I was like, I, I think I want to try it. I want, just want to try it. So we did Adam's Family. I was Alice, you know, the crazy blonde in that show mm-hmm. with, the, you know, all the yellow dress. Oh, that was a really, really fun show. So 
we weren't even in tech week yet. We were on the stage performing and we just, we didn't have any tech week, but we, you know, we were comfortable with the space. Yeah. And we had, we had some props, you know, we weren't in costumes yet. No mics, no makeup. Well, it was coming to that Friday and the next week we would have tech. So that Friday we get a text that morning from our choir, from our director or our choir director as well. He goes, all right, guys, meet in the choir room this morning. And you know how, like, the theaters with kids, you're like, oh, no, who did something? You know, who's in trouble? Why are we all in trouble? Yeah. So, I was like, I was expecting to walk in. You know, somebody just did something. You talk about it. And we walk in, and they're like, all right, guys, we might be shutting down because of this cold COVID thing. Which, like, we've been, I've been talking about that with my cast members all week. All week. And we were just like, oh, this is silly. Like, it's not going to get to us. And, like, it was serious that morning. We were all kind of yeah. looking at each other like, what? They're like, we don't know yet. But we want to have this performance for you tonight. We're going to try wigs, makeup, costumes, lights, projections. Because we had a projector, too, to project. Mm-hmm. So we have less. Like, you know how we do at the theater. Yep. So we have less set pieces. And they said, okay, we're going to do this. Only invite your parents. We don't want a bunch of people here because we might have a show next week. And people have already bought their tickets. Yeah. And we have school shows set the week, too. So we're like, okay, I guess we got to do this. And a lot of us didn't really think that we were ready. But we just had to. So... Went through the school day, went home. Oh, I couldn't tell you because I hadn't, I don't think I did a Christmas show last year, if I can remember. You know, I don't really remember. I think, are, are you talking about here? Yeah. Last year was Elf. Oh, no, I did not do the Christmas no. show here. I came to see it. It was amazing. But I did not do a Christmas show last year, and I'm usually, I, so I have done it occasionally, about every other year, but it had been so long since I put on stage makeup, and I was at home, like, you no, know, put on my fake eyelashes, feeling great, had my costume at home, because the lady that did my costume, I was close with her, she let me have it at home, ready to go, and I had my wig prep, and I put on the wig for the first time, makeup, costume, all of these pieces, we're putting on microphones for the first time, these microphones I've never used before, it's insane, so we get there, and we're all like, all right, we're gonna do this. We just got the rentals of the costumes in today, so luckily uh-huh. they just fit everyone magically, you know? <laughs> and so the, everybody's bringing in their lawn chairs to come sit in the gym to watch this musical. On the, We have a stage, but we have to usually set up chairs, but so everybody's just sitting in their lawn chairs, you know, good old, <laughs> good old small town musical. So we put on this show, and I can't tell you, it was Broadway. Like, it <laughs> felt amazing it was I think because everybody spread their a-game because like this could be the last time we do this and a lot of the seniors were the main roles like this is my last show yeah it was it was very impressive we had no tech week everybody handled things beautifully it was it felt so amazing unfortunately we did not get to do the rest of the show in tech week and the kids shows which was which was hard but we knew we weren't the only ones and then that I was going to come see Junie B those mm-hmm. next couple weekends, and then we were supposed to go see Willy Wonka at the Fox for our choir trip, and then yeah. we were supposed to go on a band trip to um, Branson. Mm-hmm. We had a whole plan for that, already paid for it, all this. Oh, it was just... And then, and then it all got canceled. It all got canceled. And yeah. it, the thing that also is sad about it is those, my best friends in choir and band were my, the ones that were seniors, and these mm-hmm. were my last moments with them. And then this summer... I was like, well, quarantine's happened. I gotta do something. So I've been pract- I've been doing guitar for about a year when March hit, and mm-hmm. um, so I was like, okay, maybe I'll just play my guitar. So I did a thirty day song challenge on my Instagram page, just playing some songs, strumming them out, getting my guitar out every night. Then I was like, you know, I'm not. This is kind of fun. Like I'm not too bad at like just picking up songs and trying to learn them. So I was yeah. like, maybe I could do something with this. Well, there's a winery, uh, Arpeggio Winery. It's somewhat close to home, but my mom knows the lady that owns it fairly well. 
and she she's worked with her before but she started up her own business and my mom um helps out with the business every once in a while when she can mm-hmm. and I was like mom can you maybe ask her if I could come play at the winery because they have live bands that perform and they have like special events and everything and yeah. she goes all right, like, because they, they were starting to open up again because summer, you know, people right. could be outside. Yeah. So I got this gig, and I was like, whoa, this is, like, happening. I'm going to be playing in front of people, just me and my guitar. So I got got up there, played my guitar. Lots of people came to support me, and it just felt so good. I've done four gigs since then. Mm-hmm. I did one at a different place at 502. It's just a pizza place in Pena. And it just kind of shot off from there. So then I started getting my own sound equipment. I just got a ukulele. I'm borrowing somebody's banjo now. Like, <laughs> it just kind of shot off because I had so much creative things that were happening. And I was doing, you know, virtual choirs. But I needed something. I needed to perform again. Like, my, yeah. I was, I just needed somewhere to put my creativeness. And this was a way to do it. It's very different from performing musical theater, but it was mm-hmm. at least live, something real, something somebody can come to and really experience that live performance and enjoy the music that I was making. And I've written a song since then. I was, fireworks. I was, yeah, well, I was going to ask, do you write your own music? I did write, well, I've written songs before, but I don't really like them. <laughs> so <laughs> they've been a little rough, but I just wrote one recently and it's called Fireworks. And I'm really in love with this song right now. So I'm hoping I can get better at it. And that's, this is my next step. But it's just been really great to be able to have this creative outlet, play outside, somewhere people can be safe and still Mm -hmm. enjoy music. And I just think it's really important for people during this time. It's also important for my mental health. It's given me something else to focus on. Of course. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like, you know, listening to your story, the pandemic has turned you into a singer-songwriter. It has. It's, It's given me... There's so many awful things happening in this world right now, and I'm just really grateful that I found something out of this, how much negative there has been in the world, and found something that I can still improve myself on. I didn't just stop, and I didn't just, okay, theater's done, I guess I'll just, you know, sit around and wait for it to come back. I did something, (laughs) you know, with that. Yeah. With what I had. I didn't like, you know, like, oh, I guess I'll just copy everybody else. I had something in my room right there that I could just use. I didn't have to go out and buy. It was already there. I knew how to play it, you know. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like, you know, you took all of this extra time Mm -hmm. that you had and you did something productive with it. Yeah. And I don't want everybody to think, oh, wow, she's really productive in quarantine because trust me, I binge watched a lot of Netflix, (laughs) more than I should have. And I ate way too many snacks during the day because I got very bored and I was not very productive (laughs) in my homework all the time. So please don't be mistaken that I was productive (laughs) quite a bit. It was... When I was feeling it. Well, I mean, I think that's like everybody. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want, I was like, I promised that I was also very lazy during this time, and I didn't use as much time as I should have, but... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you mentioned mental health. Yes. And so I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of, of mental health or other things, what are some things that you have personally struggled with when it comes to performing or auditioning or anything like that? I think... People that are very into the arts and express themselves through that, I feel like we all struggle with something with mental health just because it is that creativeness inside of us. And it's just something that just comes along with it, you know? I've just yeah. noticed that. And I think, you know, there's been scientific research on that as well. There's just, it, it's just something we have to deal with in order, you know, to produce our own. Um, it's a way for us to expose our mental health and put it into different, you know, put it into art. So I feel like a lot of things I struggle with mental health is I'm, I'm very hard on myself. And that has become very evident also during the pandemic because, you know, I'm at home, I'm doing homework for high school. I'm like, I wasn't very productive today. And I tell myself, it's okay. This isn't normal. 
this is something that you're still learning, you're still getting used to, and I'm really hard on myself. I've had to record, oh my gosh, the amount of times I've had to record myself <laughs> in the past few months has driven me nuts because I hate looking back on those videos and be like critiquing myself every time, which is good yeah. for me sometimes. Sometimes it can be very unhealthy because I'll yeah. be like, oh, that doesn't look good. Why did my face look, face look like that? And I have to take a step back and remember nothing's always perfect. I'm my worst critic. I'm the one that's pinpointing all these things out. Yeah. So one thing when I'm on the stage and I'm performing, I rem- I just, one thing I remember very specifically from every show I've done is that I'll get done with the show. That felt amazing. That show felt great. Felt like I made all the right choices. I'll go back. I'll do the show again. And I may do something slightly different or I may make a little bit different of a face gesture. or Maybe I didn't do that thing just perfectly. And I will be like, oh, that wasn't as good of a show. That was, that was awful. Like I, I'll be in the car. My parents are like, that was a really great show. I'm like, no, it wasn't. They're like, why? I was like, I didn't do this one thing. And it's just because I'm so hard on myself. But mm-hmm. I I know it's live theater, but I think my my mind tells me that I need to have it perfect every time or I don't get the story across. Like, yeah. they didn't understand that happened because I didn't make that face. That's not that's not really how it works. That's why it's live theater. You know, it, it's, always, it's always evolving. It's always changing. And, you know, you learn as you go throughout the show. And I just, that's one thing I've been really hard on myself with. And just second-guessing myself, it's... It's just more of a, a mind game, I guess you would call it. I'm just very yeah. hard on myself. But that's just the thing that you learn. And sometimes you can benefit from it because you learn, oh, I can make this better. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's very degrading and exhausting. Yeah. Well, you remind me so much of myself. <laughs> like, uh, truly, uh, your story is very similar mm-hmm. to my story, especially when I was younger, you know, in high school and college. I was such a perfectionist. Yeah. I and and if for some reason in my brain I always thought, well, if it can't be perfect, then I'm just not even going to try or yeah, I'm just I'm just exactly. not even going to do it, which is so um sad, you mm-hmm. know, you know to to like the things that like auditions I didn't go to or yeah. or things I didn't do or because it wasn't going to be perfect, but what I learned, you know, over the journey is that nothing is ever going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect doesn't exist. No. It's it's a myth. And and if you're always trying to reach perfection, then you're always going to let yourself down and and you're going to deny the world of the gifts that you have to share. Absolutely. Failing is something that you are also learning from. Like through those videos, failing, I'm like, oh, that can be better. And it's just, I've seen this in myself. It's been very evident throughout my life so far. Um, I know in Little Mermaid, my first audition ever, I walked into this, you know, we're in the rehearsal studio right now, walked into the studio, First time I've ever been in here, messed up the words to under the sea. Who does that? I have no idea. I came out of that room and my parents were like, how'd it go? I didn't talk. I was like, let's go. Come on, let's go. I cried the whole way home. Oh, It's like no. an hour drive home. I cried. I bawled my eyes out the whole way home. My parents were asking me what happened because I can't, you know, you can't really hear in here compared right. to this inside and yeah. you can't really see. So I was like bawling my eyes out and... I was like, I'm not going to get in the show. That was awful. I messed up. But I like, I messed up and I picked it right back up. So I finished with the song and they were like, and I got into the show and I was like, oh, maybe I didn't suck. And then I would get (laughs) an A on a grade instead of an A plus in junior high and I would cry about it. Like that's just, it's just something that I've had to learn and had to adjust with, especially in high school. It can't always be perfect. You do your best and that's all you can do. Right. Exactly. Well, and also in terms of auditioning or you know right you do your best Mm -hmm. and then you kind of have to like 
and for me, I used to like obsess over like, did I wear the right thing? Did yes. I, did I sing the right thing? Did I come off the, you know, how, how was I received by, you know, you can only do as much as you can do. Mm-hmm. And, um, really the, I think the best advice, the best advice that I was given was just be yourself mm-hmm. and just, you know what I mean? Like show who you are and be confident in your talents and that will shine through yeah. in your audition. And so much of it is completely out of your control. It is. And so you just kind of have to like, you, you, you prepare, you do your, and then you just, you let it go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coming back to, coming back to, fr- <laughs> let it go. Come, coming back to frozen. <laughs> yes. Yes. But the thing you said about confidence, like that's something that I have always focused on. I've always been that kid that everybody's like, uh, she's not definitely not afraid to be herself. Like I walk into school, I wear what you know, I wear the cute overalls with the T-shirt that are all paint splattered and everything, and that's you know, it's a choice. It's a choice, but that's that's how I want to express myself. I I dress the way I feel like is the best expressing you know my artsy side. Yeah. It's just like I've always. I've never been afraid to put myself out there and to be myself. And I think that's something that's really helped me with theater is that you have to be able to make those bold choices. Right. And without those bold choices, you can't be a great actor because like all great actors make the bold choices. They step out of their comfort zone. Yeah, you have to be able to really put yourself out there mm-hmm. and, and really allow yourself to to go to go to places and find things that you ne- you didn't necessarily even know were there. And if, it helps if that makes you sense. more in life than you think. Like doing theater has improved the way I've reacted to things in my life so much, the way I've expressed myself, the way I've been able to get out there, you know, sing a song. I've sang a song in front of my class for a school project twice in high school. I came in as a freshman knowing nobody. I went up and rapped the parody for to Hamilton and I'm like, what, who am I? And then I, you know, well, you're Alexander <laughs> Hamilton, obviously. obviously. <laughs> but then also like the professional level you have to have. I've seen that work in many ways in my life to my benefit having the theater mm-hmm. where it's a professional level you go out you meet adults and you shake their hands and you make these connections and they're like oh wow you're very professional it's like got it from the theater you know <laughs> yeah well I think it's it's sort of you know the, the theater obviously teaches so many great life lessons absolutely but one of them is the value of a great work ethic mm-hmm. is always being prepared always being on time um, always sort of like when you walk into the rehearsal space, like having a positive attitude. Yes. And these are all things that you can carry with you throughout life in whatever situation that you're in, because those are the, the kinds of people that, that everybody wants to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to work with people who are prepared, yes, who are on time, who are positive, who are professional, mm-hmm. um, who, who are sort of like poised, and, yes. and the theater really helps with that. Yeah, that's the beauty of theater. It helps with everything. <laughs> the beauty of theater, it helps with everything. <laughs> Quote by Izzy Miller. Please, please write it down. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, um, what are some things that inspire you in life? You know, I've never really thought about it. I, I set myself <laughs> down, a, you know, a few times in the past weeks. So I'm like, wow, what inspires me? Like, why have I never really thought about that? Because it, yeah. just, it just happens, you know, it's just... I don't really think of it in the moment like, oh, that inspired me. You know, I just, I really had to take a step back. But I'm going to sound like a cheesy teenager, but I am a big Swifty. I love my Taylor Swift music. I love, oh, I do too. I love, I love her. I love T-Swift. She, she is amazing. I've loved her since I was little. And, you know, I've just loved people in the theater ever since I was, I was little too. I love people, you know, I saw, see on television. 
So what really inspires me is somebody that is constantly reinventing themselves, somebody that is constantly going after what they want, not what society tells them to want, but something that they think is right for them or what they think is best for their life. And somebody that is constantly being creative, constantly putting out content for themselves and making themselves known. And that's something that Taylor Swift has done. I'm a big fan of Hamilton. Lin-Manuel Miranda has also done that. I love Ben Platt. He has done that multiple times. Like these kind of people inspire me to just continue making art and continue trying hard even if I'm not getting there as soon as I think I should. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, T-Swift, she, T-Swift, <laughs> I don't know, I've always just always called her T-Swift, I don't yes. know why, Some, somebody else did, and then I started calling her that, um, she is such a great songwriter, mm-hmm. her lyrics oh are, oh my gosh, I will just, I could just sit and listen to her lyrics all day, they're just, mm, they're, yes. they're very relatable, <laughs> she has one of, I think it's in the song, 22, yes, she, the lyrics, I mean, of course, it's like a fun pop song, mm-hmm. but if you really listen to the lyrics, one of my favorite lyrics of her, she's like describing like being 22. And I feel like this is a great description. It doesn't matter what age you are, but she says it's miserable and magical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, isn't that a great description of life? Like, it is. It's, whether you're 22 or 102, mm-hmm. truly, life, it's miserable and magical. Yeah. And I just, like, people that are even older than me that I've been friends with for a while that are figuring out college life and are, constantly thinking new ideas for themselves this I also want to kind of go into this before this whole pandemic happened I actually um started going to church more I was saved I've been baptized throughout this whole pandemic that's been a huge thing for me it's changed my life in many ways I'm very grateful for that so like people that like you know see what God has in their life and they go after that and they like change their life plans because this is no they know this is what's best for them like just people that are constantly not caring about what other people think, but they're doing what they think is best for them in their life at that moment. Right. And they're constantly thinking of new things to make their life better. Yeah. Well, I mean, truly, at the end of the day, who cares what anybody else thinks? Honestly. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, sure, you can, and, and you can obsess about it, or you can be like, oh, this person doesn't like me, or this person is, is judging me for whatever reason, mm-hmm. or this person, you know, it's just kind of like blah, 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 yeah. you know? Like, who cares? Like, you do, you, I'm going to do me, mm-hmm. and you do you. And there it is. And it's became a very evident in high school life because, you know, you're in high school, there's these cliques, you're seeing what people are doing on the weekends, yeah. and you're like, oh, I wonder what they think about me, why aren't they hanging out with me? And it's just, it's became more evident that I want to do what I want to do, and what I think is going to get me farther in life, and what I think it makes me happy and I'm passionate about. And it's completely different than anybody I know in high school right now that go to my school. There's a lot of kids that are doing some amazing things at our school that are really, like, getting themselves out there, preparing for their future. And there's people that, you know, are living their best high school life and they're doing what makes them happy. And I just, I've always been that kid at school. They're like, she does like stuff that's way different. Like I've never even heard about this. Like what you're doing gigs, you're doing stuff at the theater, you're doing all these things. I'm in Tommy TV, which is a whole new club with like newscasting, getting news out to the school. It's just like, I'm doing lots of different things. And I love that about myself. That's the thing that I really love about myself. I'm never afraid to try new things. So that's taking from, you know, what who inspires me. I try to put that in myself. Yeah, well, you're really putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. you know? And even, like, in the middle of a world pandemic, <laughs> you're still putting yourself I'm out there. I'm trying my best, Sarah. I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. There was a quote, you know, to I also love Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, yes. Oh, just like... What a man. <laughs> he's amazing. Truly just incredible. Uh, there was, a, I think, a meme or something that I saw on Instagram or Pinterest. I don't even remember. But, but it said... You have the same 24 hours in a day that Lin-Manuel Miranda has. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I needed that. And I was like, ooh, ain't it the truth? (laughs) Because I thought the things that Lin-Manuel can accomplish in 24 hours, I'm like, I need to step it up in my my life over here. (laughs) Yes. I love that quote. Yeah. We love some good Pinterest. (laughs) Oh yeah. And Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, um, what are, I think I've got two final questions for you. And what are some things that you would like to see change within the theater world? It can be now within the midst of this pandemic, or Mm -hmm. it can be uh, as we come out of the pandemic. What do you want to see change? Hmm. I think that a lot of people, I know a lot of people that go to the theater regularly that aren't normally people that you know, I'm obsessed with this musical. They just go because it's tradition or they go because they enjoy to have a night out, you know, go to the Fox Theater, casual, you know, it's an hour and a half away, like, let's go. So I know a lot of people that are like that or just come to my shows, they consistently come to my shows and that I'm in and I just think that people right now are, they realize that they've taken it for granted. And yeah. I, I'm sure that's not for everybody, but I've really noticed that. They're like, I know a lot of people, you know, on the Facebook, they're saying, oh, interested in this Fox Theater event, but they're not even people that would usually go to musicals regularly. They just enjoy going there or they enjoy going to the theater constantly. I think people are really realizing how much they need that in their life because yeah. even like, you know, TV shows or movies, they're not really evident right now people are trying their best to get the seasons out they started a little late and I think that's really kind of crushing people too because that that is absolutely an art and I don't think people realize that's an art that people are doing and it just you know it's on their tv so they're used to it and I just think that people are really taking music and theater and tv and movies for granted right now well before and they're really realizing what they're missing and that this is something that is a beautiful art that we really need in our lives to lift us up to lift us up, take us out of the real world and make us realize, you know, that we're not alone, that the, you know, take a break from what's happening within this, with our society and our politics and everything. It gives us a moment to just escape. And I think people are really missing that right now. And when theater comes back, I really just hope that people have more appreciation for the arts and really realize how hard people work for it and that people, these are people's jobs. This is what they like to do for a living and that this is a serious thing. It's like, it's something you may go to for a weekend, but this is what people are doing all year round. And I just, I hope to see more of appreciation for the arts and people maybe donating and seeing their community theater as just a really great place and a safe place for the performers and the theater goers. Yes. Yes. I mean, art, art is necessary. It is. Art is necessary too. You know, obviously we talk about essential workers versus non-essential workers Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I completely understand not being able to have large gatherings and and large events. Um, But at the end of the day, you have to remember that telling story, you know, the art of storytelling and Mm -hmm. telling stories is 100% essential. It is because it changes people's lives in so many ways. It makes them, you know, think about other things or it makes them uh, be, oh, I'm not alone. Like people go through this too. And I just think that even people that are making music, you know, the 
people that are on the award shows or whatever, they're not making a ton of music right now either. I mean, they are starting to now, but during this pandemic, all they could do is write down, you know, what they wanted to do at home. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, why isn't music coming out? That's something I listen to every day. It's like, it's something that just, you just, it's always there. And you yeah. don't realize that. Yeah. Well, do you have uh, a favorite uh, theater memory that, that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Oh my goodness, I have so many. I have <laughs> peed on stage, I've had mic tape slapped on my face on stage. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? We, we need to go back to the first one. <laughs> well, I'll keep this one short because I have a better one. But let's just say I did Alice in Wonderland Jr. <laughs> and uh, it was closing show. It was a... School production. My voice is shot by this point because, you know, I was still young. I was still figuring out what, you know, vocal health meant. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with that. My voice was shot. I was the white rabbit. I had a leotard on, multiple layers, and it was 10 minutes of four places. I'm like, I do not have time to pee. There's no no way. (laughs) I was like, I have to take all these layers off and put them all back on. (laughs) And I was like, there's no way. I can hold it. Master at holding my pee. We got this. Yeah. So I go come on stage. There's a point where you have to stand completely still, back towards the audience. Like, most of the ensemble is doing that. I'm standing still. I start shaking. I'm like, I gotta be so bad. <laughs> I swear to you, I definitely peed my pants a <laughs> little bit at least. I ran off stage because I had a quick change before I came on for my solo number. And so I forgot to put my white rabbit pants on. So I have my jazz pants, my white rabbit top on. And I come and go into my grandma's, ha- grandma's uh, car after that show and I just cry. I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> but I have a better one. So... It was 2014. We were doing Jungle Book. TYA show. Mm -hmm. This is my first main role. So, like, very exciting for me. Um, And I'm playing Mowgli. And, oh my gosh, I love that show. And I met some really great people in that show. And it was just one of those, you know, one of those show days. I was 10 years old at the time. And I'm on stage. I barely leave the stage for this show. Because, you know, in the TYAs, if you're a main character, you usually don't leave the stage. It's a short, about 30-minute show. So, I mean, there's not really any point for you to leave the stage. So, I was, you know, saying my lines on stage, and my mic went out. Well, I have 15 minutes of the show left. Like, people need to be able to hear me in the theater, which I I can project. Like, I'm very, I've always projected, whether we're in the studio or if I even have a mic on. Oh, yeah, you're very loud. (laughs) I'm a very loud person. So, uh... It wasn't as big of a deal, but you know, when you're in a show, you want people to be able to hear you, and especially if you're the main character, because you're telling the story. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't know what to do. I mean, it's my first main role. I never had this kind of thing happen to me before. I barely even had a mic on stage, because I did... The first time I had a mic, I had one line in Aladdin, thief, thief, someone stole my bread. So this is my first time having a mic on, full show, not no mic change, and I come off and come off stage, and you're like, is he got to change your mic? I'm like have time for this like I didn't say that but I was like there's what no are you time. talking about I was like you're crazy <laughs> and Abby Zakari one of my very good friends I've known her since 2014 she I think she was 14 at the time this is her first ASM mm-hmm. opportunity like this is her first time so she has to go come back here take my mic out of my pants and change the batteries while I'm staying off stage I have to go right back on stage to carry on um like this fire you know, pretend fire, of course. <laughs> and there's these vultures. It's a vulture number where, you know, we sing, you know, a cute little vulture song. <laughs> and so she starts changing my mic pack. And I'm like, the lights came up, the lights came up. Like, I need to be on stage. Like, the lights are yeah. up. And the vultures, this is why people go to, you know, musical, the- to college for musical theater. Because this was like, 
you could tell they use these, you know, or the acting classes they've done in the past. This is their time to use those those skills. They started doing full on improv on stage. They're like. <laughs> They're like, there's no food in the jungle. And like pecking at each other with their hands as vultures. My parents are sitting behind these people. These people are laughing so hard in front of them, thinking this is a whole part of the show. They're like completely acting out this whole little scene, waiting for me to come on stage with my mic. I finally come on stage and we just pick it right back up. But people thought it was hilarious and they were using whatever they could on stage, you know, to keep the show going and keep Mm -hmm. telling the story Mm -hmm. without, you know, any lines to back that up. Um... And then we're chasing around um, Shere Khan around the balcony. So at the Little Theater on the Square, there's, you know, the aisle, and it wraps around, it comes back over. So we Uh go down the aisle, and it wraps around, and there's a door back there. And I, like, didn't even notice what was happening. Abby comes around the door, sticks some mic tape on my face, because I still needed some more mic tape, and, like, smacks it on my face, and we run back around, and we finish the show. Yeah. That was one of the most amazing theater moments, because it just shows, like, people have your back. They're there yeah. to improv for you. you got to keep, you just got to keep going and uh, things yeah. are going to happen. They're going to go wrong. But in the end of the day, you did the show. So the show must the go show on. The show must go on. <laughs> that is one of my favorite theater stories. So. Oh man, that's good. The, but, th- those, those vultures. Wow. <laughs> they, so much talent. I just like remember being off stage and they're like, there's no food in the jungle. And they're just like walking around and I'm like, what is happening? The lights are up. I'm not on stage. My mic isn't working. But you, you figured it out. We, we, 10 year old me just went right along with it. Right along. Well, I think what, you know, going, obviously like we talked about being an Annie and that was one of my favorite theater memories with Mm -hmm. you. But also I remember like I helped you put on your first fake eyelashes. (gasps) Oh my gosh, I remember that. For Susical, like that was really special. Yes. For me, um, Susical is just so, it truly is, I think, in one of my top 10, like, favorite mm-hmm. shows that I've ever worked on. Yeah. It, it was such a great group of people. And uh, I think I love working with kids so much because they are so passionate and they are so positive. And I think sometimes as you get older and, and you know, you become a little bit more jaded mm-hmm. yeah. and, and you're, and you know, and you're like, ah, this is the 200th show I've done, like whatever. But the <laughs> kids are so excited yeah. and they're so, and they just like, they, and it's that energy that really like I love because I remember, you know, when I was a kid and when, and when I was like that and when I was just like wanted to be doing every show possible. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to say thank you for you know, all of these years for constantly inspiring me. We've had so many good memories. I'm glad I, I'm glad I had the opportunity to inspire you because for everybody listening on the podcast, I want them all to know because every time I come into a, like an acting class after school or a musical theater class, it is one of my favorite times of the week because you're always coming up with new ideas for us to try. And I love the music you put on when we're stretching. I just feel so good. Like Sarah Philobaum is always putting off positive vibes. I remember walking into an audition room like one time and you were like, I was like getting nervous. You're like, girl, you're gonna, you're gonna be fine. Like you like gave me like a pep taco for it and I just felt so good walking into the room. So like, I'm thankful for you for the multiple times you've made me feel like I can do this or this is okay, or it's okay to try new things, or wow, I just really needed these deep breaths when we're stretching with Sarah Philobama, or <laughs> playing some Carol King music, you know, stretching to it. <laughs> so I'm very grateful for that. Aw, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs>